Hello, and welcome to the Families Embracing Diversity podcast. Today, we are um, speaking with author and singer Craig Pomerantz, who wrote the book Made by Rafi, which is a book about gender stereotypes. And it is a beautiful book. If you um, have the time, be sure to look it up, check it out in your local library. But today's conversation is really focused on how we can help children and families in general work through gender stereotypes, understand the damage of gender stereotypes and how to raise kids who who view themselves as people instead of just this gender of male female and the roles that um, traditionally come with that so do you want to start off by telling telling me a little bit about yourself uh, so uh yeah my name is craig pomeranz i'm originally from st louis missouri um i uh, uh most i earn my living as a singer i travel the world internationally world, um, singing in nightclubs, the Great American Songbook, which for those who don't know, would be, you know, Sinatra type songs and stuff like that. Um, although I also sing Springsteen and stuff like that. <laughs> so uh, we limit, and I don't limit to American uh, composers either. And, um, and I happen to have written this book from an incident with my godson uh, that I just felt was really important. And um, it's been kind of astonishing because it's now in 11 countries and it's just about to be published in 12 countries. It's in eight languages. <clears throat> and now it's about to be published in, in India with a new illustrator, um, which is really exciting because I love the idea of a local person putting their own artwork onto my text. <clears throat> and uh, and that's, so that's kind of fun for me. And I just got the, I actually just got the cover of the new book, which I can show later. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. And um, I don't know, I, you know, I wrote this book and just as a, because of the incident with my godson uh, where we had this conversation and he had, was saying um, that he um, was uncomfortable in school and that the, the kids were really loud and noisy and they were very, very aggressive <clears throat> and that he liked to be quiet and he liked to sort of, uh, you know, he liked music and he, and he, he said to his mother, um, uh, is there such a thing as a Tom girl? And I just thought, oh my God, that's like, there is no word as a Tom girl, right? But now there is, but even the point being that tomboy is like a positive thing. Like, like oh, mm -hmm. she's assertive and she can do this and she can do that, which is, tells you how misogynist our world is, but Tom girl and already people sort of raise their eyebrows and what does that mean? And, and it's kind of has a really strange connotation. And I thought it was a very important story to tell. Like, what is the difference and what does that mean? And, and also what does it say to little girls? You know, if, if we live in a society where if Tom boy is a good thing because girls act accordingly to some idea of what men or boys act like, what does that mean about what's wrong with being feminine? <laughs> what's wrong with it? Why can't we, why can't we sort of embrace all of these ideas? And that's how you discover who you are as a person. I mean, that was my, my theory. So then I wrote this book and um, I actually wasn't planning. I wrote it for myself and my godson and I was in, singing in London and uh, we were sitting around a table and someone said, you know, Craig wrote this book that I really think everyone should see. And someone at the table said, well, I, you should send it to me because I'm, I'm an editor. Oh, <clears throat> and wow. a, week later, a week later, I got a contract at a, at a publisher and, and it took off from there. So That's amazing. So had yeah. you just written it out and shared it with your godson, but not actually like illustrated and done all the things. No, yeah, I just published. shared the, the text and the story with, with my closest friends and stuff yeah. like that, because it, because it became a conversation. It became an mm -hmm. interesting conversation among us 
as well with our conversations about politics or whatever, yeah. you know, and uh, and it was an interesting discussion because especially in a world where, you know, hashtag me too, you know, in, in, in a world where there's a lot of talk about girls and, and STEM and things like that. But, and I, I often, which is all very important, but I often think, well, where, where do the boys fit into this equation? Mm-hmm. And as much as we concentrate on girls, we have to concentrate on boys on the other side, like mm-hmm. in helping them understand who they are and, and, and how they can be more uh, sensitive or not sensitive or whoever they might be, you right. know? And, and it's that, and it, it sort of became a very, and it's, then it really sort of grew into much larger conversations, so. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's amazing, that's wonderful. And it is, it just speaks to the universal, universality of that story that it's been taken to so many countries, translated into so many languages. It that it, it's a, yeah. And you know exactly what I always say. It's it shows how universal this story is that all across the world and all these different cultures, there's the same issue, mm-hmm. and more so, of course, in in places where women and girls are really discarded. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, so it's very. Yeah, yeah. that is very. So the true. book, even though the book is about a, a little boy, it really tells the story of just all children, mm-hmm. um, and how can they try on different skins and find out who they are as a person. And it also tells parents, you know, uh, I love giving advice to parents since of course I have no children. And um, so but it, it tells parents, you cannot protect your children from everything. You wanna protect your kids from violence, but you can't protect, and you shouldn't, because how else do they grow? How else do they learn if mm-hmm. they don't make mistakes or if they think they're entitled to every little thing that happens to them? So it's, it's, and it it just opened up all these different questions and which is why I love doing podcasts (laughs) because we get to, and I was thinking how wonderful of you to do this, especially if your podcast is primarily people in the Midwest, you know, because these are, these are discussions that have to be had that people don't have. Yes. Not even just in the Midwest, because before in my social work, like job, um, I was working with Latino immigrant families in a home visiting program and so we would bring books and toys and we would bring like a dish set and we would bring a baby doll and ooh, the parents did not like when we showed up the baby doll for their little boys or dishes and yeah. so we really had to talk as a team of home visitors like okay how do we explain this but that little boy might be a dad and he might need to know how to carry a baby and he eats so he needs to know how to wash a plate and use silverware and yeah. it is I think you're right our gender stereotypes limit learning and they limit limit human beings yeah yeah well i mean in a more extreme and interrupt me whenever you want because i'm sensing that i'm just running but (laughs) but in in the extreme people don't remember that like the most famous chefs in the world for whatever reason are men right so why shouldn't a little boy want to learn how to cook you know or the most famous designer i'm not saying this is a good thing but most of the famous designers in the world are men so why shouldn't a little boy know how to sew and knit or but they should know that anyway just to live on their own right, <laughs> you know you, right. you got to sell a button sometime you know that is that is a very good point I'd never thought about that that's very true I wonder if that has to do with like the glass ceiling and gender and all of that Absolutely. or if it's if it's a, a talent thing and it's yeah that's a very interesting well, but the, talent, the talent thing is the glass ceiling right it's, yeah it's, People have talent, but if someone's not willing to let them do it because they think, you know, it's, I do think it's, that's sort of the misogyny that we're talking about yeah. is, is this idea of like, well, I'm, I'm uh, raising money for a restaurant. You know, the guy's going to know how to do this. The guy's going to know how to help me do this business, even though 
you know, the woman next to him might be much, much more talented chef. Yeah. I mean, I, clearly these things are changing, although still very slowly. I mean, I think that if you, if you looked up on uh, this thing they call the internet, if you look up, you could probably see that, you know, still most of the major chefs in the world are men, most of the major designers are men, and, and uh, that has not changed, which is, I mean, it's slowly, but very slowly. Same thing is that it's a big deal in my industry, in the movie industry, right, or in the TV industry. They're always right. talking about how, how, many, how many women directors are up for something or how many, you know. Um, but the process shouldn't be about making, the process shouldn't be about changing the roles and making it women because they deserve, it should be women, not men. It should be, we should be allowing women to develop their own properties that we can see. Right. You know, if, you know, so. Equal opportunities, that it should be just as easy for a woman to get to that space as a man, just, just like right. what we get into yeah. with race. And yeah, I mean, I was, sort of, I was sort of leaning on the idea that there are all these new versions of old movies where they're switching the switching the gender of the roles. I'm not I'm not terribly opposed to that, but I just sort of feel like well, I am opposed to when it first started, all of these new movies were remakes of old movies where the women were doing as horrible things as the men. So I was thinking, mm. so you're saying to me that a woman can be like uh, a national lampoon fraternity obnoxious cursing violent person like is that the story that women want to tell like and what's wrong with the woman telling her story where she's a woman like why do we have to say well she can be as horrible as this fraternity guy is not that all fraternity guys are horrible but you know what i mean right, I, right. That's a weird thing to me like so. why why lean into the negative stereotype instead of yeah. lean into something positive yeah that's a good point I don't know. So this book was originally made for your godson, but who would you say it's for now that it's all over I the guess, world? Well, you know, it's my books. I think it's for everybody. Um, <laughs> but I did. Um, the reason I say that is because what I found was I was getting a lot of uh, mail at, um, from caretakers, mm -hmm. from parents, from educators, and talking about the same situation you were talking about, that um, if, they're, if they're in Asia, a lot came from Asia. And they were saying how, you know, this is uncomfortable for this person, but your book made, made me able to make it comfortable for them to see. Or, or and, and sometimes it's about their child. Um, the most surprising uh, letter I got was from the parent who said, until I read your book, I did not realize that my child was in fact the bully. And uh, so that was a totally unexpected. And that's the wonderful thing about art of any kind is, when you release it, it it's, it's gone. So people interpret it however they want to interpret it. So it's for me, and this is all very new to me, but for me, it's, it's wonderful to see how someone finds something different in it. Everyone finds mm -hmm. something really different in it. But I think it's important. I, I hope that, that it tells people that there's nothing to fear about what your child does, that your child is just trying out things in his life or her life and or their life, I guess, and um, trying to figure out what it is and who they are. And if you if you do the things to stifle it because it makes you uncomfortable, that's a problem mm -hmm. because then they they see the negative side of that. I was um, I had friends who very evolved, sophisticated parents, and uh, they had a little boy who um, who wanted to wear high heels, which as far as I know, it was a rather common thing for little boys as far as all the psychiatry books I've read and stuff like that. And, uh, and they were like, hey, that's cool. That's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And one day he said he wanted to wear uh, these 
high heels to school. And his parents said to them, well, you should probably do that at home where we can be with you, blah, 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 and not do it out in public, blah, blah, blah. And I had to say to them when they told me this story, I said, well, you realize you just doubled down on the problem because now you've told him there's something odd about it. There's something yeah. weird about it and something perhaps wrong about it that it can only be done in this, this safe location. And I said, you know, how are they, how are they gonna experience their life if they you know, do it outside eventually or whatever it happened. Right. I, mean, I just thought, I just think they didn't understand that part of it. And it also, even understanding it didn't make it any easier. Right. You know, everyone's, and the other thing is uh, you cannot, the big craze I call it um, is, is the concept of bullying. And it's, it's a little frustrating for me because no one seems to understand you'll never stop bullying. So you don't, you know, I'm not saying bullying is a good thing, although I actually perhaps psychologically it is, but the point of it being that, you know, you want to give your child the, the tools not to be victims of bullying, mm -hmm. but everyone's, your whole life, all through your life is all about measuring what, who you are against the person next to you. And sometimes that revolts, that results in teasing or bullying. So you can't, so the idea we're gonna stop bullying is like, well, you know, you can't, again, it's not a world, it's not just this easy, wonderful world where things never happen to you, where you can't, then you can't build up any kind of resistance to anything. So it, it's an interest, that's another really interesting topic to me is how do we, how do we help people understand that bullying is not the problem? It, it's the tools of giving your child to help them become more resilient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not become victims. Sounds like the next book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I've written several other books. I haven't uh, gotten them published yet, but I've written several other books. About, uh, and all about children empowerment. That was the thing. Once this happened, you know, you start, I wrote a book about um, a little girl whose ears are too big. And, uh, but then she meets someone whose lips are too big, or according to them. Yeah. And then the point is, well, no, everyone's funny. Everyone's face is funny. Like, why are we, you know, why are we focused on this body image when we're all people, you know, kind of thing. We're all different, right? That's yeah. very true. Yeah. That is very yeah. true. And, and that's, that's a, a, this is about embracing your differences, right. embracing your differences and in, in a positive way. And, and there's, uh, again, part of the difficulty as you as a parent will know, is there's a difference between supporting and um, uh, what's the word? Uh, making it more making it more important to a child, or that's not the word I want to use. Uh, you know, it's one thing to sort of be there for the child, and it's another mm -hmm. thing to like push it, push okay. the idea. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, <clears throat> that makes sense. So, in that situation with your friends and the high heels. I think I, as a parent, would probably say, well, I'm trying to protect him. I don't want yeah. him to go out and get made fun of. Right. And, and you're saying maybe instead of don't, don't let him go out in high heels, talk to him about, okay, you might get made fun of, but here's what you can do and sort of prepare him for that situation. Is that what you're, what you're saying yeah. about bullying? Ex okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, it depends on, obviously depends on the parents and depends on the child, how, how that child can, uh, can handle things right um, and children and children don't know and that's 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 the job right to help guide them give them um yeah give them tools and guide them um, yeah. they have to they until they actually experience it it's just words right that's and words true. words are very important but until they're integrated into what your life experience is they're just words 
Right, right, that's very true. We as adults have trouble with words, let alone little kids. (laughs) (laughs) Words, emotions, they're so simple, but they're so difficult at the same time. Emotions I have no trouble with. (laughs) (laughs) So how have... Would your your husband feel the same way about it? About the high heel situation? Yeah. Hmm. I don't... I don't know because we have noticed, I mean, granted, my, my youngest son is six months old, so he's a baby. His personality is just starting to show, but we have noticed that he is very aggressive and my oldest is more, more feeling oriented, more mommy, let's cuddle, let's talk. And so I have a lot of conversations about old, about feelings with my oldest and my husband does sort of struggle with like, I can't do that home hand holding thing. I just want to say like, get over it, move on. <laughs> So I think, I think, yes, we would, in the high heel situation, it probably would be, eh, I don't, I don't know about that, but it would be more our discomfort of, you're going to get made fun of, this might be bad. Well, I, and, I will, and I will tell you that, not that you asked me for a therapy session, <clears throat> but as I'm sure Go you realize, making, <laughs> making your husband have these conversations with you is the most important thing. Yes. Yeah. You want to be, not only because you want to be on the same page, but because uh, like anything else, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Right, right, yeah. And it, it does, it takes a lot of practice. That's not that's not something boys are trained to do in most yeah. cultures. And he's, yeah. he's Mexican, so in his culture, definitely not something he was even allowed to do. He wasn't allowed to have feelings. Yeah. They were told, suck it up, deal with it, yeah. the end. So that's yeah. the narrative that we're finding a middle ground in. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult, difficult thing. And I do think that, a lot of parents when kids have questions about oh mommy can two boys get married or can two girls get married as parents that is a difficult place to okay what do I tell them because I don't know how to enter into this conversation so how do I not make myself uncomfortable in this explanation does that make sense it does except that what's wrong with you being uncomfortable nothing nothing at all but I think that's where parents go in our minds is like oh I don't know what to say so <laughs> I'm yeah, just... and after but after all these things that we're talking about no one says it's easy right, um, but, right. but but this idea that a parent can show that they're discomfort uncomfortable is not a bad thing either yes that is very um, true so that's the, it's uh yeah it's you brought that up it's funny because I have a friend who's uh who's long time ago whose nephew a, a male couple and his brother's son, when he was eight years old, uh, <clears throat> did a comic book at school. Um, and it was about a prince falling in love with another prince and getting oh, married. Wow. And uh, when the teacher said, which is interesting because the teacher was concerned and said, what does this mean? And he, and he said, well, you know, I have, my uncles live together and they're really happy. I really love them and I love visiting them and I love this and we do this and telling them just in life, you know, when we go to, sometimes we go to the museum and something and like this. And so I thought, well, they're like, aren't they married too? And he, it wasn't any thought about sexuality or how weird it was just his life experience was these two people that he knew loved each other and like, like his parents loved each other. So aren't they married too? I mean, it was right. just, it was just, it was a, I was just like, I can't believe that. I said, that's a, that's a storybook. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes. Now there are of course, children's books like that, but it was, uh, it was, I just, I thought it was the sweetest thing. And they, of course, you know, thought it was Loved just it. unbelievable. They, they weren't, you know, we're not, we weren't, we were just living our lives. And right. this is what this child picked up on. Right. 
children are so much better at these complicated issues sometimes. Than <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. What are some ways that um, educators and families have told you they've used the books um, in classrooms or in their families? Yeah, it brings up a lot of conversations. So they, so uh, depending on what they're trying to talk about, usually with this book, it's about why it, the story of like, well, why can't the girl be president, mm -hmm. which is the broader idea. Um, or why can't, uh, and why can't, and usually that, it's usually about the girl, which is why I think it's interesting. It's usually about why can't the girl do, you know, computers and why can't the girl do, build an automobile, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, although I don't know any boys that make automobiles. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. But um, yeah, so the same thing. And then, then it's it's the same thing with them. They have, have that conversation. What do stereotypes mean? And, um, and, um, and why and why do we have them? And is it important? You know, uh, and there are a lot and kids. You know, there's still many kids who grow up thinking, you know, well, mom makes dinner. You know, mm -hmm. and those are those are very simple, basic things that change the world. You know, if 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 your dad makes dinner once a week, twice a week, then you're never just. It's not well, my mom's the homemaker and doesn't do anything else. Right. You know? But a lot of families still feel that way. So. That is true. Exactly. So they use it that way and they talk about, you know, so if someone is, you have to embrace the differences of people. And if someone is different than you, isn't it better to know why they're different or how they're different and, and not tease them about it rather than make fun of something that you don't understand. So there's a the, Well said. Very well said. And we do assume that, well, this happens in my home or my life. So it must happen everywhere. So that is our worldview is based on what we know. And yeah. if we don't take the time to go out of those bubbles, that's all we know, <laughs> that's all we've got. And it's hard to get out of the bubbles because we're living our lives. Right, yes, that's very true. We don't realize we're in one, it's just that's I mean, normal. You, you have, if you have a nine to five life or a very specific, you know, if, you, if you're someone who lives on a calendar that goes certain things for the day, that's what these kids know. So it, mm -hmm. for some people, it just means working a little harder, like I want to give more experiences life experiences to my child earlier that's not just my calendar life right but it's hard because you know you have to go to work you have to do it you have to make meals you would have to you have to take them whatever school and stuff like that but because they may not be getting all that information at school right and, and the home is more aware these things will, will uh, uh, really seep into them because school is an overload of a lot of information for a lot of children that is very true can you think of, I'm putting you on the spot here, but what are some simple ways families could, could do that to give their children more life experiences um, and step out of the everyday routine? Um, I think in this day and age, um, it, would be, it would be seeing, reading books or seeing movies that are out of their experiencing, experience. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, depending on where you are, obviously, if you live in a, a major city, there's so many things you can do. Um, I'll, I'll give you an easy example. Because seriously, if you, know, um, if, you, if you take a kid to a Chinese restaurant, that's a whole new life experience. And then it's like, it's like well, then you can sort of, that's a way of venturing into, well, this is a whole other culture that we should know about. That kind right. Of thing. right. So those are small things that I think build on someone and makes make people interested in like the world and stuff like that. So, right, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. that definitely makes sense. So, I mean, you've talked a little bit about this already, but what, 
what has been the most surprising impact of, of Made by Rafi for, for you? Um, well, it, mostly the, that it, it is in all these cultures, it crosses all those cultures, we did talk about that, but, um, and the, the idea that, uh, like I got a picture from Korea, a, a drawing that was sent to my editor that they sent to me, and she wrote me this, sent me this drawing saying she thought that Rafi was making the wrong cape and here's a cape that she thought he should make. Oh. <laughs> so I mean, just sort of, yeah, um, I guess the fact that it has any impact is yeah. just really sort of wonderful for me. And, it, um, and uh, I love that. And as I said, I mean, the fact that educators are using it, not just in elementary school, but universities have been using it uh, the book when they when they do their studies about gender stereotypes or their studies about bullying or their studies about you know various things and girls in STEM and stuff like that and so that's I, amazing that is that is really amazing to me wow <laughs> you know so I love that so that's so crazy a book that you wrote for one person is having yeah. such an impact throughout the world yeah. that's amazing yeah because then because then the point is that, as you know, the impact goes further because they're yeah. doing a study that's going to going around the world to universities and stuff like that. So it's kind right. of weird to see that your name improve. Right. And then those students in that university are taking that knowledge into their lives and the yeah. ripple effect. Yeah. So um, one of the first things we tried, or my publisher tried to do, um, and this is a new topic that's interesting probably, I, um, I mean, of today, is the first thing they do is they try and get the children's book into uh, all the libraries. Mm -hmm. And um, all the libraries were really interested in the book. I, I really don't know the numbers of a lot of them took them, but I'm just thinking in terms of today, where, I, mean, I don't know if you've read, but you know, in, in Texas where they're banning all these books. Yeah. And, um, and I don't think Made by Rafi has been banned yet because it's not, um, it's not a book about sexuality, and, but it is a book about challenging gender, mm -hmm. gender stereotypes. And those are the kinds of books that, that have, they're being banned and taken out of libraries in Texas and stuff, which is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. A whole nother, a whole nother <laughs> from Missouri and you're from Indiana, so. You know. Yes. <laughs> but it so is we know so, these ideas. We do, we do. And it's so interesting how to be in that situation where you can kind of see both sides because you know people who are on both sides and to try and, yeah. Well, and I don't know when you, what it was like in Indiana when you, when I grew up in St. Louis, none of this stuff was a problem. I did, we were like, no, 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 you're supposed to know everything and do everything. It's a very, I mean, I was from a very, uh, I don't know um, what the word is, socially conscious mm -hmm. high school and, and elementary schools and stuff like that. So it's progressive, I guess. But oh, that's I mean, great. The St. The Louis that I knew was not the St. Louis that's now. And it's, yeah. it's, it's you know, and everything, cities go on waves, but it's a, it seems a lot more conservative than, than what I grew up with. I mean, I just, it's shocking to me, Missouri. That is very interesting. No, here, growing up, we were very sheltered. I was, when I moved to Philly, I was, it was a whole new <laughs> world yeah. for me because I'd just been very, I was very ignorant to the rest of, how the rest of the world functioned and. Oh, me too. When yeah. I, grew up, I, was, I grew up, I was raised Orthodox in St. Louis. And when I was, uh, I went to Carnegie Mellon when I was 16 and I'd never mm -hmm. been away from home. I mean, I'd never, and here I'm going to university. It was just like, and Pittsburgh was, it was just a, uh, I just, a different, I mean, I didn't think about it because it was just what I was doing and I was excited and I was doing my courses, 
but it was a it was a very different world for right. me because I, I didn't know anything what did right. I know yeah yeah I mean it was fun it was an exciting experience but now to come back and realize oh wow so much about me as a person has changed because of these different experiences and this world is still very very similar yeah. to how it was when I left so yeah the midwest is still or this little bubble of the midwest but you get, but you get to bring but you get to bring your story back to indiana and help and help move that forward if you want to <laughs> try it but at least for your children yeah yes yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. at least at yeah. least for my own children yes definitely yeah, yeah. that's funny yeah I have, to th I have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very, it's very interesting. So that's that's interesting that Missouri was is now more conservative. That's well, and I don't necessarily think well e even because even in my well the thing is the the city St. Louis expanded so further back into the country than it than it was when I was there. But um, but even then, you know, I don't know. It's like now it's like there's. Anyway, I don't want to get into politics, but it was, <laughs> I was, I was surprised to see all the extremists in my class yeah. in high school, who when yeah. I grew up, no, they were all like, you know, feminists and, you know, <laughs> so it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is a whole, yes, that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, is a whole conversation. But yeah I think, I think people felt like they had to choose um, sides and some people got more into certain habits and ways and others went the other way and the contrast is just much bigger than than I think I realized when I was growing up or than it was when I was growing up I would agree with that that sentiment yes definitely so for for the child that let's say feels feels like Rafi that he feels like he's he's different what is your advice to him or her well the um it is really true in the book what my friend said to her son you know, that you are Rafi. You are your own very special person. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's the only thing that matters to us. We're proud of you. And we, we, we love um, the things you're interested in. And, um, and that's the kind of support uh, you want to give to a child, I think. You, you know, you know we're, we, don't, we don't just support you. We like who you are, <laughs> you know? And I think part of one of the issues could be that if you're so uncomfortable, if someone is so uncomfortable with what their child seems to be doing, um, that registers immediately. And then if you can't sort of find a way to make them understand that we support you and love you and this is who you are, this isn't the answer of who you are permanently or forever. This mm -hmm. is just a moment in your time, you know, um, all of that registers to a kid. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's in, it's, so it's important to, it's important to just that, that's the unconditional love part. You know, it's the non-judgment of what's happening because the minute they sit, sense judgment, that's when problems, I think, start. Mm -hmm. No, I think you're right because they, <laughs> when it's forbidden, it almost sometimes makes it more attractive or makes them kind of lean into it more. Whereas if you just go with it and see where it goes, a lot of times the course changes anyway like yes. my son wanted to have a red mohawk when he was three and I was like oh my gosh no and my husband just said let's let him because when he's 16 then he probably won't want a red mohawk he'll probably be over that phase and he was right it lasted not even a year it lasted like six months yeah. and he was done with it but I kids are also very perceptive they know even if you say oh that's great they know your intentions behind it and you're true if so it's this, a, yeah 
And I think so. I think that I, I forgot what the question you asked me. What we would say? I, I, there are two things that I think people, parents, usually know. So I'm just repeating things people know, and that is speak speak to a, don't speak to a child as a child. Speak to them as who they to who they you are to who they are. Mm -hmm. Speak to their get down to their level physically to speak to them. Those are the things that matter. And um, <clears throat> and uh, I, I thought of something else, and I, I just ran out of my head. Um, but I mean, I think, that happened. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean it's like it's like you, it's not like oh you're gonna do no 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 it's like mm -hmm. you speak to a child like a child like an adult because and also it helps them immediately be, their language uh, gets much better as well yes very true very true so support I them I was gonna say I support oh them. I know what I was gonna say it, uh, listening and listening is is uh, important because it's very hard. There's a very famous story. You can edit this out if you want to. <laughs> There's a famous story that's told about <clears throat> the a young boy is um, having breakfast with his father, and they're sitting there and they're just eating. And then the little boy looks up and says, uh, "Dad, um, what's what's homo?" And so his father says, "Oh, well." Um, and then he goes to this long explanation about sometimes you know, two men, they like each other a lot and blah, 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 blah. And then the little boy says, well, why is it on the milk carton? Because he could only see the cool <laughs> words as homogenized and it's like, Whoa. So it's like, you know, it, it is important to really listen <laughs> to the child and know where their questions are coming from. <laughs> yes, yes. And the, the reality of their questions because that the root of that word could be so many different things. Homo sapien, Exactly. That's so funny. That's very true though. Very, very true. So then what are some practical ways that all parents um, can help combat gender stereotypes in raising their kids? Well, they can they can introduce uh, things that they hadn't thought about to their child, or that or they, they can do those things that they see others doing. Or, I mean, we're already getting to a place where toy stores aren't doing uh, there all this general neutral stuff. Which and it's in, it's an interesting dilemma because we shouldn't be hiding other things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about that. It's it's more about that a boy should be able to play with a Barbie rather than Barbie should be non-binary yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and that's so that's a a real dilemma and i i so i i'm all for non-neutral not non i'm all for neutral gender toys okay. but uh but i'm also for like toys i mean you know and uh <clears throat> it's it's more about so we, because we still do that i mean even like i, I know someone came out with i get all these google alerts i know someone came out with a kitchen for boys it's like a blue kitchen for boys. And I'm like, well, why does it have to be a blue kitchen? <laughs> it's just a kitchen, you know? Right. you know? So it's like, I don't know. So, but I do, I think, I think it's important to, um, to introduce things that you wouldn't normally introduce. And it's an opportunity because probably as children, those parents didn't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's probably not within their mindset to do this kind of thing. But if you're, if you have a kid, especially a kid who's has interests or is artistic and or just interest you know it's like you have an opportunity to see what other interests there are you know it's a boy it doesn't always have to be throwing a football mm -hmm. you know and, and getting a brain disease later in life no or it could be i mean and it could be oh my god we're gonna it could be anything and um and and, and especially if you're doing things together you know if, if it's a girl 
or a boy, you know, when you, when you all cook, if you cook together, you know, I, I love baking with, and I do a lot of cooking and baking, and I love doing that with my godchildren, boys and girls, you know, mm -hmm. and I just think that's, you know, they grow up learning how to cook, or yeah. at least liking food, which may not be a good thing, actually, but a little too much baking. Um, but, uh, you know, sugar is a good thing. <laughs> and the COVID, a lot of baking in this house, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah this one too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, and then, and also there's the, those, uh, it's always, I think the, the great thing is finding the time, which I know is the hardest thing for parents probably, is finding the time to share these things together. <clears throat> and not just, it shouldn't just be mom is going to teach you how to make chocolate chip cookies. Mm -hmm. You know, it should be dad and mom or dad teach. You, know, it's, you have to think about mixing it up so that, so that they understand that this isn't a specific idea, you know, right. that, that right. they can grow up with. Um, but again, it's fine. It's it's making me that that does take effort. It you know, does. As always, as you as you said, you guys you're living your lives, you know. So it's it's hard to sit there and say, oh, okay, well I should probably this is. But it's great to do if you say mm -hmm. if you say you know every Wednesday we're going to do something with this kid <laughs> together or separate or you're going to or you you know that kind of thing. That would be, that's a great thing. I like that. I'm going to put that on my calendar. <laughs> no, that's a great idea though to put it on your calendar and say. Yeah all right, Wednesdays are family exploration day or something like that so yeah. that it happens. Yeah. And, and because it is, you have to consciously step out of your normal and step out of your role. And that's hard to do, especially depending on how you were raised, your culture, your background, that's much harder for some people than others. So, But it feels so good when you do it. It does if you're benefiting yeah, from it. If you, if it hurts you, if you, like, if I'm a man who never had to cook and all of a sudden my wife is saying, no, one day a week you're going to cook. I don't think it would feel good to me as that man. I would be like, oh, I want to sit on the couch and relax. I just got home. So yeah, I think but, in the but, beginning. Yeah, but why can't, but why can't, why can't she say, well, I'm going to teach you so you'll like it. And yes. they may end up not liking it, but at least they've had that experience. That's true. That is I mean, true. I mean, the, the process isn't about sticking with something forever. It's about like, well, let's try this and see if we like it. You know, yeah. it's, it, yeah. and if we do, great, we'll continue. If not, well, we'll find something else. You Trying know? something new, right. And the things that served our parents and our grandparents probably don't all serve us now in Absolutely. the day and age that we lived in. Yeah. But re and repositioning these ideas is not easy for any couple. Thank you. Those are those are wonderful ideas, and I definitely think making and it, taking it a time and intentionally exploring new things and new ideas with your kids. It's not yeah. hard to do, but it would make a big difference. Well, I mean, again, we're we're talking about things that intellectually sound great, and um, but we I also understand <clears throat> that the practicality is a is a hardship for people, and um, but. But when it comes to children, and I don't say this, I mean, I would say this when it comes to couples or partners or mm -hmm. any relationship, but when it, and it's true, but when it comes to raising children, there could not be anything more important. Yeah. And uh, because that really is what it's about. I mean, that's your raising, that's what raising a child is, mm -hmm. is giving them all these opportunities, giving them all these mistakes, giving them all these praises, um, giving them unconditional love through these experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, whenever you deviate from the idea of I'm involved with my kids in whatever way, they sense it extremely. And, mm -hmm. they, and it's, it's much more, they feel it much more in themselves 
than they do things that happen at school or out there. And which is, yeah, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea that right. and I, I wish and hope that, that people take advantage of it. I, I do too, because you're, you're very, you're very correct. And those years are so, they go by very quickly and you don't get them back. So taking time when kids are little to have those moments and build that connection will serve them a million times over when they're- And we're still stuck in, you would know more than I would about this, but we're still stuck in a world of like Dr. Spock and these older ideas of raising children, even though there's all this new commentary and talk about it, but we're still stuck in these sort of older ideas about how to do it that, um, which is so sort of the norm that we don't have to think about doing something different. And mm -hmm. that's the problem is that all of this stuff takes thought. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. It does thought and energy. And sometimes <laughs> those are limited, <laughs> <laughs> but, but worth it to take the time. And I, I think if you're going to make the decision to have children, you should do what is in within your power to give them the best start you can we can't we don't all have the time and energy to do all the things but doing the best we can is definitely yeah. definitely will make and, sense. I, and it's i think of the um a little different conversation but i think that the concept of fear is is an interesting being afraid being afraid of your children and what i mean by that is <clears throat> is being afraid that you're doing the wrong thing or doing mm -hmm. you know instead of like you know as I said, as we talked about before, they're very resilient. And um, I mean, you make, everyone makes mistakes and, and it's okay, you know, so you can't, so you shouldn't be afraid to um, approach your child about anything. Right. Um, and as is true in life, the, the most important thing is communication, but the hardest thing in the world is to communicate. So, you know, <laughs> that's the, that's the um, but, it, but the more you do it, then the easier you understand where that all where both parties come from and how both parties do it because you mm -hmm. start to learn how each other communicate. Right. Um, you know, and it's you, I've always said when people ask me about relationships, they always I always say to them, well, the most important thing about a relationship is to know who you live with. If you know who you live with, then anything can be said or done, and you can you can work around that. But if you if you if there's so many questions because you don't know who you live with. And that comes in conversation too. If you, if you can't get an answer to a question because they can never answer that question, mm -hmm. you gotta wonder what that's about because you don't know who you live with because there's always a way to communicate something. But um, you both have to be on that page of I'm willing to open up and communicate in every way possible to find those answers. Right, yeah. And that also takes a lot of time and intention to get to know who that person is that you're living with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, you're if you're if you're working nine to five and you're exhausted, you're coming home, and it's like, do I have to communicate now? But the thing is, it when if you can make it second nature, then it's not it's not so much of a problem. And then mm -hmm. the more you delay that idea, the more that you push it away, is how it becomes harder. It's like anything; it becomes harder and harder when you when you right. we're not gonna we'll deal with this later. It's like, well, it's a little harder later, you know? Right? Because then there's um, more later on top of that later. Yeah. <laughs> And even if even if you say, look, we don't have to find the answer now, but we can at least sort of touch on the subject so that at least we know when we're going in a direction. Right. Because otherwise right. you're gonna go just keep going back and further and stuff like that. So <laughs> I don't charge much for <laughs> this is great for therapy session. <laughs> get the one again next week. <laughs> I'll send you an invoice. <laughs> great, perfect. <laughs>
no, but it. wonder wonderful, wonderful thoughts and wonderful advice. Is there anything else you would um, want to tell listeners about your book or about well, here, parenting I, relationships? This is the the new cover of the. Oh, is it backwards? It's no, back. no. It, well, it looks. No, it's I think backwards it's, on that thing. Anyway, but that's the new artwork for the new book coming out. Oh. Of the very exciting. I wonder if I have this my other one here somewhere. Uh, oh, here it is. Let me get my other one. There we go. And this is the other one. Oh, yeah, that's the one I was looking for. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm very excited. So we're, it's coming out in March and it's with, um, it's with an Indian uh, um, platform called Boyish, which um, has right now, we're, they're putting out three books um, about, about how to raise the boy. Mm -hmm. and uh, in positive ways so that's very exciting that's and india is a big country so we'll see, see yeah that yeah that's very exciting that's exciting yeah um no i and my my website is craigpomeranz.com and you can go and you can listen to me sing and you can you can also um email me and I'm, i have books that i can sell because i'm not i think that because the books coming out in india when we're no longer selling the english books except for the ones that i have to sell here but oh. um I think. I mean, you probably can find them on Amazon still. But um, and I wrote. Um, I sent you the song that, yeah. uh, <clears throat> so they can listen to the song. Amanda McGroom, who wrote the song "The Rose," and uh, Michelle Brownman, who their uh, composers, uh, they wrote a song for the book after they read the book and that for me to record. So we so that's on my website as well or my YouTube channel or whatever. Wonderful. So, so many, and I will make sure there are links to all of these things in the description. So, that, well, thank you again for your time and thank you for sharing all this wonderful information and for writing this beautiful book. And hopefully, there will be more to come.